good morning, good day, good evening. This is DJ Sparta on Radio Sport at radiosport.online on the 31st of January 2022. This is Daily Sports News. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. And she took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from an undown under? Under men were indeed at work at uh, the land down under, but also women, obviously, uh, at Australian Open. What a tournament that was! It's over now. It started with an unwanted saga with Novak Djokovic, but let's uh, review the last four days of brilliant tennis uh, on the women's and men's circuit. On Thursday, Ashley Barty took to the court and dismantled, dispatched Madison Keys uh, easily 6-1, 6-3, giving her really no chances whatsoever. And that backhand slice of Ashley Barty worked beautifully. Then Danielle Collins took to the court and Iga Svantec uh, with her first trip to the uh, semi-final of a Grand Slam since her uh, famous victory at uh, Roland Garros two years before. Daniel Collins was in the zone, was in a trance, and that's what uh, Iga Świątek said after that that match. Uh, she said that uh, uh, she didn't think... Uh, she ever experienced a ball as fast hit as the one by uh, Daniel Collins. Uh, that's incredible. Daniel Collins uh, beat uh, Iga Świątek 6-4-6-1, uh, ending Iga Świątek's dreams of returning to a Grand Slam final. 
on uh, uh, Friday we were witnessing semi-finals in the men's tournament uh, Rafa Nadal uh, who is uh, was making uh, his return to the professional tennis after a six month hiatus uh, having suffered an injury uh, and then uh, suffered a covid infection but he took to the court in the semi-final being uh, succeeded to uh, Berrettini uh, whose um, uh, final in Wimbledon made some headlines in Italy for sure uh, but Nadal did not really have issues he started well as usual uh, and uh, One first two sets six three six two. Then uh, he took a break, uh, losing the set two three. But uh, everything returned to normal in the fourth set. Uh, so Nadal was uh, through uh, after two hours and fifty five minutes, uh, which is pretty much a, a short stroll for Nadal, given his exp his five set experiences against uh, Shapovalov and others. And then uh, the youngsters or the new wave of uh, tennis players uh, took uh, to the court. Uh, Dani Medvedev uh, seeded number two, took on uh, Tsitsipas number four. And it's uh, no secret that they don't like each other, uh, which um, Dani Medvedev has shown on the court or maybe off the court when he started talking to uh, the the umpire complaining about coaching that uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas apparently was uh, or allegedly was receiving uh, from his father and he uh, this uh, exchange between Medvedev and the umpire became nasty at one point Medvedev was shouting to the umpire look at me and the umpire shouted back what would you want me to do give him coaching uh, give him a fine for coaching uh, at least one thing that this created was a situation in which the head of umpires the Greek lady stood next to Tsitsipas and then signaled the umpire later on that indeed his Stefanos Tsitsipas father was giving some signals or advice or coaching and only then the umpire decided to give the Greek a warning. Whatever antics Medvedev was employing off the court it did not change his attitude on the court or did not break his concentration uh, even though he lost the second set 6-4 uh, he continued to win uh, the third set 6-4 and this, the last set 6-1 so 7-6 first set 4-6 6-4 6-1 and was through to the final uh, this, his consecutive final because uh, remember he won in US Open uh, the last Grand Slam depriving uh, Novak Djokovic his uh, grand slam calendar grand slam uh, so this was the um, uh, semi-finals and then we had the final the final the all the Australians were waiting for uh, Ashley Barty uh, head, heading against uh, Daniel Collins uh, trying to end a 44-year wait for home Australian Open uh, winner uh, Ashley Barty was carrying the nations the expectations of the whole nation on her shoulders and yet she was up to the task it was an incredible atmosphere there was an incredible atmosphere of uh, at that stadium Rod Laver Arena everyone was there including Russell Crowe and there were some uh, even uh, comments commentary box about the gladiator type of uh, setting for uh, Ashley Barty uh, Rod Laver was there Kathy Freeman another Aborigine uh, athlete who was the Olympic champion Yes, all of them were there, all of them expecting, all of them nervous. The Russell Crowe was nervous, for instance. But Barty uh, was uh, quite composed and uh, uh, with that composure of a champion, she would uh, go on 
and win. She beat uh, calmly uh, Daniel Collins six three seven six, recovering from a five one set de- second set deficit, and uh, clinched her first Australian Open uh, title. She is the first Australian uh, to win an Australian Open singles title since Chris O'Neill in nineteen seventy eight. She did not drop a set with three Grand Slams titles to her name. Barty has now joined Serena Williams as the only active women's player to hold Grand Slam titles on all three surfaces. Incredible performance by Ashley Barty. Um, Ashley Barty is of uh, uh, indigenous heritage and she continues to follow in the footsteps of the four times champion Yvonne gulligan who surprised Barty by appearing on court to hand her uh, the trophy. To be able to have this feeling and experience this a few times over, I just understand how fortunate I am to be able to experience that because not many people get to do that said Barty it has just been an incredible journey over the past 20 years of hitting a tennis ball but particularly the last five or six years in this second phase of my career so an incredible scenes at Australian Open uh, but uh, a, a word uh, about Danielle Collins because obviously she could have been overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and she lost the first set six three. But unsurprisingly, she was not shaken. She opened the second set by laying waste to the body second serve, and uh, with her backhand, her backhand is incredible. And probably this is what uh, Iga Swiatek has been referring to as this fastest ball that she has ever experienced. And so she went on to a five one lead but was unable to uh, convert. I just wanted to try and shift and be a little more aggressive at just a couple of things tactically, just to get momentum if we went to a third. She said, tennis is a funny game with a scoring system and things can change so quickly. It feels like at times. So... um, Daniel Collins uh, was fighting. It was a really good final to watch, but was unable to uh, reverse uh, the course of that match. Barty was amazed that uh, Gulangan Kohli was there uh, to hand her the trophy. Uh, she was stunned uh, by her presence because she spoke to her before. Uh, I thought she wasn't coming. I'd spoken to her earlier in the week and she was staying at home and not being able to travel down, said Barty smiling to have that surprise was amazing I can't believe Craig Tilly kept it a secret it was a really special just to be able to give her a hug it's the first time I've seen her in 12 months we had a few hugs for a few different reasons and to be able to see her in the flesh and chat to her was incredible Ashley Barty and her incredible performance she's the winner of Australian Open as first Australian woman for 44 years to do that so then the stage was set for the men's final Rafa Nadal trying to make history trying to win his 21st Grand Slam tournament I wonder uh, what uh, Novak Djokovic would have uh, uh, felt at that time with that saga, whether or not he was regretting the fact that he did not get that uh, vaccination uh, to be able to compete. Uh, uh, who knows what would have happened if he was there? Would we have an epic uh, Djokovic-Nadal final or would no- Novak Djokovic need to compete against Novak, uh, Nadal even uh, earlier? The game, the match started with uh, the younger uh, player uh, having most of uh, the advantage early on. Uh, 6-2 in the first set. Uh, That was uh, kind of uh, an advantage of uh, uh, Medvedev at that time. And the the score reflected that. But uh, in the second set, Rafa Nadal managed to break Medvedev. Uh, only to be broken back and lose uh, agonizingly in uh, the tiebreaker uh, 2-5. So it looked like uh, Medvedev was uh, going for the win, uh, having uh, much uh, less uh, mileage in his 
legs over the years, 10 years being younger than Nadal. It looked like Medvedev would have to win this, especially after his experience of beating Novak Djokovic in New York. But this, it wasn't to be. Nadal is a fighter. He fights till the very end. He wasn't giving anything. And in the third set, it all came to fruition. He managed to break Medvedev and win 6-4. Another 6-4 followed and he broke Medvedev in the fifth set as well. And when everything looks set that Nadal was going to win, he faulted yet again by serving when serving for the match at 5-4. But straight after that, he was able to break Medvedev and then able to celebrate his incredible win, incredible performance. The crowd made its allegiances clear from the beginning with Nadal entering the arena here to a standing ovation where Medvedev's arrival was greeted with some additional but uh, Medvedev uh, managed to uh, control himself at least early on. Then he had another outburst uh, just like uh, during the... uh, but this time he wasn't able to turn things around. This burst did not uh, create a comeback for Medvedev Medvedev. Medvedev will be had his chances, obviously, and he will be uh, very unhappy that he let this uh, opportunity slip. For Nadal, this is probably one of the, the biggest wins of his career, uh, with, uh, which, which was obviously full of these type of uh, comebacks. But to do that after six months uh, hiatus, after injury, after COVID, uh, and uh, having uh, to play against probably the best uh, player in tennis right now. Uh, Incredible performance. He had his uh, uh, ups and downs in Melbourne before, but now he's got two Grand Slams on every surface, including Australian Open. And it's him uh, who we will dedicate Manuel Escobar's song, Que Viva España. Entre flores, fandanguillo y alegría Nació mi España, la tierra del amor Solo Dios pudiera hacer tanta belleza Y es imposible que puedan haber dos Y todo el mundo sabe que es verdad Y lloran cuando tienen que marchar Por eso se oye este refrán Que viva Y siempre la recordará Que viva España La gente canta con ardor Que viva España La vida tiene otro sabor Y España es la mejor En las tardes soleadas de corrida La gente aclama al diestro con fervor Y él saluda paseando a su cuadrilla Con esa gracia de hidalgo español La plaza con su sol le vibra ya Y empieza nuestra fiesta nacional Por eso se oye este refrán Que viva Y siempre la recordará Que viva España La gente canta con ardor Que viva España La vida tiene otro sabor Y España es la mejor Qué bonito es el mar Mediterráneo Su costa brava y su costa del sol La sardana y el fandango me emociona Porque en su nota hay vida y hay calor España siempre ha sido y será Eterno paraíso sin igual Por eso se oye este refrán Que viva España Y siempre la recordará que viva 
la gente canta con ardor que viva España la vida tiene otro sabor y España la mejor la Manolo Escobar, Que Viva España. The song is for Rafa Nadal, who now holds the record of 21 Grand Slam wins to his name. A number of uh, good matches were played over the weekend in the NBA. Uh, probably none of them more important than uh, the matchup between Golden State Warriors and uh, Brooklyn Nets being played uh, at uh, the Bay uh, Bay. Uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Curry and uh, uh, Clay Thompson. Were playing really well and managed to beat Kyrie Irving and Nets 110 to 106. Clay Thompson is right back to knocking down timely shots, and these shots help decide games. Thompson hit the biggest shot yet of his two and a half year injury comeback, smoothly sinking three pointers with just 12 seconds to go and managed to send Golden State Warriors to 110 to 106 win over Kyrie Irving and Brooklyn Nets. That game was played on Saturday night. It felt amazing. It really did. I missed that feeling, Thompson said. It felt absolutely amazing. Kyrie Irving wasn't done and made a three-point of his own moments later and scored 32 points while hearing boos from the Bay Area crowd because he's unvaccinated and uh, people don't like that because they think that someone like Kyrie Irving should be a role model. Thompson finished with 16 points. Uh, Stefan Curry hit a go-ahead three-pointer with uh, just five minutes left and five three-throws over the final one minute 44 to score 19 points. That's pedestrian uh, for Stefan Curry. As Irving kept delivering on the other end without the injured uh, Kevin Durant and uh, James Harden, they were unable to play in that game. It's important for Clay to feel those big moments. It's been two and a half years, uh, coach Steve Kerr said about Clay Thompson. Andrew Higgins uh, had a good night. He contributed 24 points and eight rebounds uh, as uh, the Warriors made key late stops, including Irving missed a reverse layup. That reverse layup was uh, almost brilliant, almost phenomenal, but did not go in. Jordan Poole added 17 points and six assists off assists off the bench for Golden State Warriors. Patty Mills for Brooklyn Nets connected on three clutch three-pointers in the final nine minutes, tying the game at 96 with four minutes 42 to go and finished with 24 points. After Wiggins missed a three-pointer with 30 seconds left, Mills converted two free throws after a foul. James Harden couldn't play even though they were expecting him to, but he was a late scratch because of a strained right hand that flared up unfortunately on Friday night and he was not able to help Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving only gets to play the road game as in New York being unvaccinated is not allowing him to play at the Brooklyn Nets arena at home. He was booed, booed loudly by Bay Arena crowd during pre-game introductions with San Francisco vaccination mandate for large indoor events. He should have been the lone unvaccinated person allowed 
inside Chase Center, and certainly the fans did not like that special treatment for a Kyrie Irving. Curry went 6 for 10 from deep during Thursday's 124-115 victory over Minnesota after going 3 for 23 on threes his previous two games. He was 3 of 10 for long range from long range Saturday and added 8 assists and 7 rebounds. In other games, uh, last night, uh, Los Angeles Lakers were outplayed by Atlanta 129-121. Los Angeles Clippers, on the other hand, were successful in Charlotte, beating them 115-90. Chicago Bulls at home at the United Center beat Portland 130-116. Detroit beat Cleveland 115-105. Dallas lost uh, uh, at Orlando 110-108. And uh, surprise Denver went to Milwaukee and in the Lions' den beat Milwaukee 136 100. Jay Morant probably uh, something had something to say about that. No, Jay Morant is Grizzlies, Denver uh, is not. Utah, uh, Utah Jazz uh, were beaten by Minnesota 126 105 and uh, 106. And in the final game played last night, Phoenix Suns beat. San Antonio Spurs 115-110. Let's take a look at the standings in both the Eastern Conference and Western. Miami Heat are leading in front of Chicago Bulls and Philadelphia 76ers. Brooklyn Nets are now in the sixth place. Not a good position after contesting for the lead, but the leaderboard is really, really packed. 32 wins for Miami Heat and 29 for the sixth placed Brooklyn Nets, and even Charlotte is with 28 wins on the seventh place. In the West, it's Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies who are running away or seem to be running away from the rest of the pack. And Utah, Denver, Dallas, LA Clippers, Minnesota, Los Angeles Lakers, and Portland Trailblazers make up the top 10. This was the weekend for Golden State Warriors, so we've got a song for them Scott McKenzie, San Francisco.
Scott McKenzie and San Francisco for Golden State Warriors, who beat Brooklyn Nets 110 to 106. Golf is firmly back in action, both the DP World Tour or European Tour as it used to be known and PGA Tour in the US had tournaments over uh, the weekend. We'll start our review with uh, DP World Tour European Tour. Victor Hovland won his first Rolex Series title and uh, he completed a sensational finish with a playoff victory over Richard Bland at uh, Dubai Desert Classic. This was a tournament with uh, uh, $8 million prize money, quite substantial amount of money, and over a million dollars for the winner. Uh, the Norwegian was barely in the picture when he missed a short putt and made a bogey on the 15th uh, hole, a three putt on the 15th, but then he finished birdie eagle birdie to sign a 66 and post the target of a 12 shots under par then richard bland joined him in the clubhouse with a birdie birdie finish of his own and the 68 uh, and uh, uh, Rory McIlroy obviously was the favorite to win it but uh, on the 18th hole Rory McIlroy found the water Hovland made a two-part birdie on the first uh, trip back to the 18th because we had a playoff between uh, Victor Hovland and Richard Bland and uh, Bland failed to get up and down after finding a tricky lie with his second shot and it was the 24-year-old Norwegian who was left holding the trophy at the Emirates Golf Club. Incredible performance by uh, Victor uh, Hovland. Uh, McElroy signed uh, the card for 71 to finish 11 under, which was three shots clear of uh, two South Africans, Justin Harding and Eric Van Royen, English duo Tyrell Hatton and Sam Horsfield, and a Polish player, Adrian Meronk. Adrian Meronk finished Fourth, his probably best result of all with in a tournament uh, that is um, a Rolex, a serious tournament. And he actually earned over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, probably biggest prize money for him as well. That will settle his financial situation, I'm sure. Hovland becomes the first Norwegian to win a Rolex Series event, event and adds uh, his title to the maiden DP World Tour victory at the 2021 BMW International Open. And it is the third win already for Hovland in five starts after back-to-back victories in November and December when he won at the Worldwide Technology Championship in Mayacoba in Mexico and Hero World Challenge. This means for Hovland that he will be number three in the official world golf ranking as of today, just trailing John Ram and Colin Morikawa. This is pretty wild. I didn't really think it was possible going in today, said Hovland, because he started the day six shots off the lead. I knew I had to shoot a really low number, but a lot of things had to go my way, and I'm thankful that they did. I'm pumping right now. It's a little bit surreal, and it's hard to kind of calm myself uh, a little bit, but uh, you've just got to rely on the shots that you hit and just go back to what you know. I was uh, fuming after the three-part on the 15th and thought that was it. And I knew I just had to try to finish off well and get a nice position for the week. I rolled a really long one uh, on 16 and then on 17 and hey, we got a shot. McIlroy, on the other hand, found sand off the tee for a bogey at the first and while he was in the waste area down the right of the 60, he managed to find the green and hole from 18 feet. So it wasn't all bad for uh, McIlroy. Uh, then the Northern Irishman made a 29-footer on the next one to join the lead as Bland made a big move around the turn. But uh, then uh, he unfortunately found the 
water on the last hole and that ended his uh, chances uh, so uh, Victor Hovland is successful uh, and uh, he's a number three incredible incredible um, Harding signed for a closing 76 and Merrick, who had uh, also held the, the lead in the early stages of uh, day four, uh, carded uh, a 71, which was matched by Hatton van Rooyen. Uh, so a good day for Merrick, obviously good weekend, uh, probably the best result ever, although uh, he did not um, manage to to uh, uh, convert well on the 17th, I think. Uh, he showed some nerves, nerves there. So this is the uh, European Tour or DP World Tour. Victor Hovland successful, but we had another tournament uh, being played uh, simultaneously on the other side of the world, across uh, the pond. Uh, the PGA Tour uh, were playing uh, Farmers Insurance uh, Open at uh, uh, Torrey Pines and uh, John Ram was a, a big favorite there since uh, he won the US Open uh, and uh, earlier an amateur uh, Open tournament in 2017 but it was uh, Will Zalatoris and Luke List who were fighting uh, for a win and uh, it was actually Luke List who managed to come up with the win, the first win in playoffs. There was a, in the world number one, John Ram in the hunt, despite not nearly, not really having at his A game, and former number one, Jason Day, spinning a sand wedge into the cup for Eagle on 14th but uh, eventually it was uh, Luke List 37 year old who was off by himself hitting balls he shot 66 and had to wait nearly two hours to see, see if this was enough for a playoff which somehow made sense for a guy who has made his living mostly out of the spotlight sometimes way out of the spotlights so List won his first first tournament after 206th career start incredible and he now moves to the fourth on the FedEx Cup list uh, so list moves up on the list but the weekend belonged to Victor Hovland and it's him who, who we dedicate a song by a Norwegian band Madrugada Majesty because it is a, a, a sort of a majestic way in which Victor uh, Hovland moves uh, around the golf courses So am I Good old bad The way that things still turn out I did only Make you sad And we cried and we cried Under fall Oh, but in my mind You were never that So young and bold 
fights there drive me And I was dying of first loser growing up Drugada in song called Majesty. It is a majestic way in which Victor Hovland moves, moves around the golf courses of the DP World Tour. And he is now a winner of a Rolex Series tournament in the United Arab Emirates. This was a the weekend or Sunday of uh, the championship um, games in the, the respective conferences in American football in the NFL. Uh, we had just two games, uh, the first one being played in Kansas City and the next one in Los Angeles. Kansas City were hosting um, Cincinnati Bengals who were trying to make the first trip to Super Bowl since 1988 and Kansas City were trying on the other hand to make the third trip consecutive trip to Super Bowl they won two years before and they were beaten last season by Tampa Bay Buccaneers the comeback kids send Bengals to the Super Bowl Down 21-3, midway through the second quarter, the Bengals did not blink. Joe Burrow began to hit his stride. The defense, the defense clamped down on Patrick Mahomes and Cincinnati came flying back to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Once Kansas City forced overtime, Burrow continued to show ice water in his veins finding T Higgins for a big first down to move into field goal range five runs later rookie kicker rookie even McPherson sent the Bengals to the first Super Bowl since 1988 incredible performance by Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow was poised all day he took just one sack and remember he took nine sacks in the previous game against Tennessee Titans he wiggled out of several others then scrambled for big first downs the second year quarterback made the plays late that Patrick Mahomes did not when Kansas City took away his deep shot Burrow calmly hit crosses and screens for chunk gains between Barrow making pinpoint passes and running back Joe Mixon churning out yards the Bengals offense was the one moving the ball in the second half with the game 
on the line. Burrow became just the third quarterback in the NFL history to have multiple game-winning drives in a single postseason in one of his first two career seasons. The other two? Tom Brady in 2001 and Kurt Warner in 1999. Both of them won the Super Bowl. Chiefs often picks up offense picks up a bad time to take a nap. They really did take a nap after a really good start. They sprinted out to big lead, scoring touchdown on its first three possessions, 21-3. They were leading. And the Chiefs' first four possessions went for 84, 75 yards, 72, 80 yards. Incredible performance. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, just like the analysts were predicting. But then the offense just we're going we're going for a for a sleep incredible just like in the loss in week 16 in Cincinnati there was no rhythm whatsoever and early down runs put Kansas City behind the chains the Chiefs looked like they woke up on the final drive getting it to the first goal from the five yard line but then Mahomes sacks forced a long field goal to force overtime After winning another coin toss, Mahomes sent an arm punt towards Tyreek Hill that was intercepted. Mahomes' last play of the season was an interception. The Chiefs will be kicking themselves all of seasons for not squashing the upstart Bengals with the chance that they had. But the Bengals, they did come to play. Bengals secondary shines once again. The Cincinnati defense is unheralded, but it was them who quashed the smothered uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the second half. They were not giving Mahomes an inch of daylight to make a play. At times, the quarterback sat in the pocket and sat and sat and sat and nothing happened. No one, no one, virtually no one came open. That's the type of coverage that Cincy used to suffocate the Kansas City offense. The Bengals seconder did not allow a single second half reception to the star receiver Hill, making the Chiefs play one-handed like this and something that few defenses can accomplish. And then the safety Jesse Bates tipped a deep shot to Hill for a Von Bell interception in overtime. And this exemplified the type of lockdown play that the defense was making on Kansas City. And on the other hand, the offense is more than just Jamar Chase. It is more than that. With the Chiefs' intent on doubling the Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase Burrow looked elsewhere. He looked to Higgins. Uh, Higgins went for 108 yards and six uh, catches. And uh, they were making plays without Jamar Chase. But not getting points at the end of the first, first half really doomed Kansas City Chiefs on its fourth drive of the game. Uh, they were up 21-10 and they had a, they have been on the one-yard one line and Mahomes then passed the ball to Hill and he was tackled in the field and the time expired. They'll be kicking themselves, Kansas City, for not making that advantage bigger uh, at the end of the first half. The other game... Los Angeles Rams. They were hosting San Francisco 49ers. They lost two games to them in the season. Was it going to be the three? No. Los Angeles Rams beat San Francisco 49ers 20-17. And finally, they cleared the 49ers hurdle. San Francisco has owned a significant amount of real estate in the minds of the Los Angeles Rams, but it wasn't to be this time. Aaron Donald bearing down on Jimmy Garoppolo, forcing the quarterback to backhand fling to ball over Elijah Mitchell's hands, glancing off them and ending in a game-sealing interception. The Rams finally did it, vanquishing their bogeyman, exorcising the goal-helmeted demon that has tortured them since 2019. Matthew Stafford, he moved to the West from Detroit. Was that a good move? Yes, it was. Stafford threw the Rams into a thrilling win. He was 31 of 45 passing, 337 yards, two touchdowns, and just one interception. And he justified the Los Angeles move 
move to higher to get him the um, this one will be obviously very painful and could have been the last game that Jimmy Garoppolo played for San Francisco 49ers. And Odell Beckham Jr., he came over from Cleveland Browns and it was worth it. He couldn't connect with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, but he could connect with Stafford. Los Angeles Rams will be hosting the Super Bowl, only the second team to host Super Bowl because the, the Super Bowl will be played at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Rams will be playing against Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, the tiger, survivor, eye of the tiger. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Africa's Nations Cup is being played in Cameroon and it's uh, a somber mood that was accompanying the win of Cameroon against Gambia. Two goals uh, to nil. They qualified for the uh, semi-final but uh, 
condolences to families of the departed spectators read a message on the big screen at either end uh, during a well-observed uh, period of silence before the kickoff for the uh, people who died uh, at that stadium Stade Olembe on Monday just before uh, the Cameroon game a lot of pain a lot of people who were killed and uh, those who were injured uh, that changed uh, the mood in the African Nations Cup just uh, uh, to report on the results um, um, Cameroon got through to the semi-final Burkina Faso uh, playing with 10 men managed to, to get a 1-0 win over Tunisia Egypt beat Morocco two goals to one after Mohamed Salah first gave them an equalizer and then um, set up a goal uh, for uh, two goals to one in uh, in the extra time. Uh, Trezeguet was the scorer in the hundredth minute and in the last game uh, played uh, last night it was Senegal uh, who got through to the to the semi final after beating Equatorial Guinea. Uh, Famara Diou, Cheku Kuyate, and Ismaya Sar scoring three goals and only Yannick Bula managed to get one back so uh, Africa's nation cap nation's cap uh, in Cameroon uh, people are mourning the dead uh, after the tragedy on Monday but uh, the uh, African nation's cap uh, continues and uh, we'll have the semi-finals uh, later this week Sophie Hunger there is still pain left for all these uh, uh, victims of uh, that tragedy on Monday. With Sophie Hunger, there is still pain left. We'll conclude today's daily sports news, and today is 31st of January 2021. Uh, this is broadcast on Radio Sport at radiosport.online and DJ Spatza says goodbye.
should be kissing me 